again, friends, and welcome to episode 9 of season 2 of My Life in Miniatures, Mlim, if you're familiar with it. Uh, my name's John, and I'm from heresyandheroes.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at uh, heresyheroes, or on Instagram at mylifeinminiatures. That's my underscore life underscore in underscore miniatures. I thought I'd get all of my personal plugs out of the way early doors so that I can talk to you about a wonderful guest this week, uh, Mamacon, uh, who's a multiple Golden Demon winning painter. I really think you're going to enjoy the chat that we have a little later on. And um, and I'm going to tell you, before I get more onto Mamacon and all of uh, the wonderful things that you can do to follow him and, and uh, look forward to in our podcast, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I've been up to and my week in the hobby. And... What have I been up to? Um, well, I've got a new blog post out. If you go to heresyandheroes.com, which is the home of this podcast, you'll find it. I've done my top 10 uh, things that have been re- that I have at my hobby set up at my desk that are really useful for my hobby that were never intended to be part of my hobby. Uh, to give you an example, uh, when I've moved into my new flat, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I bought uh, various things to make my life easier. One of the things I bought was uh, one of those magnetic knife holders, right? You see uh, chefs in TV and film use, you know, they sort of fling a knife at it and it goes thwang as it sort of rests on the on the magnet. Uh, I bought one of those and then I found out that my flat already had one installed, so I didn't need a, another one because I, I don't own that many knives because um, I'm not A, a particularly great chef or B, a psychopath. So my knife usage and numbers are relatively low. But what I did was I took some two-part epoxy and I affixed that knife magnet to my hobby desk and now all of my metal hobby tools sit on that magnet and it keeps my desk clear of all of them it's great it's fantastic for me clean up and knowing where things are highly recommend you do similar if you if you haven't got a place already uh, laid out for your metal tools but uh, that's the sort of thing you can look forward to in the blog there's a top 10 of these things and uh, i really recommend you go and check it out um uh, what am i doing actual hobby wise well i'm um I'm doing something rusty, something rusty and covered in blood and that I'm not going to tell you about yet because I find this is a thing, you know, I'm, I'm on the social medias. Uh, oh, that's an, a perfect point for a plug, isn't it? Uh, you can find me. Oh, no, I've already done this. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm doing something that I just want to keep under wraps for the moment because... I find if I say things really early on, and I'm being like, hey, I'm going to do this army, I'll do like one miniature, and then I'll never want to do it again. And uh, yeah, I don't want to do that with this project, so I'm, I'll keep it to myself. But go back, find those those links that I mentioned to my uh, Twitter and Instagram accounts, or heresyandheroes.com, and uh, you'll hear all about what I'm up to. Uh, ask and when I'm ready to share it, which will be around the time that it's done. Uh, hopefully in uh, just a few weeks, uh, maybe even less. Uh, we shall see. Uh, so we've got all of that going on. Uh, wider hobby news. I'm really itching to play 
Total War Warhammer again, which is difficult because I'm a Mac user and I can just about run Total War Warhammer 1 on my Mac and, um, you know, Macs were not built to play games. They are sensitive machines and I can hear lots of PC gamers laughing at me right now, even though I can't literally hear them, but I can figuratively hear them. Yeah, so but I, I've just been watching load of, loads of videos of it on YouTube, um, and obviously they've added the the new Chaos Lords and things, and they look really cool. Uh, you know, Azazel particularly looks awesome, but Festus and Valkyrie, it's all good. It's all good. I really want to play it, but I'm just going to have to wait to see if I get a bonus uh, <laughs> so that I can buy myself a gaming laptop or PPC or something. Um, but yeah, no, very much looking forward to that. I am very excited to see the Land Raider Proteus appear in plastic. Uh, I'm now very envious of all the people discovering, uh, the Horus Heresy while it's all being made in plastic because as someone who did things like the Spartan or the Leviathan when they were in resin, uh, they were horrible to work on because resin is not fun. Uh, it's got it provides great results. Don't get me wrong. You get really clean, crisp corners and edges, and it's a wonderful medium for that sort of thing. But actually, you know, getting it from being covered in mold slips and and loads of flash all over the place to actually being workable, it's a, it's a pain. Uh, so yeah, I, I it's nice to see the Proteus because also that was something back in the 1990s when I first started um, my path in the Warhammer hobby. Uh, it wasn't even called the Proteus back then, it was just called the Land Raider. I, it's nice to see it. But in terms of what I actually want to paint, the thing that's tempting me more, as much as I like seeing all the new heresy stuff in plastic... I'm really getting into doing the different scales of stuff and and working on some bigger uh, canvases, I guess, for once for a better word. And I want to give a shout out to a website that I've been using for years to ogle really good uh, busts and 75 millimeter scale stuff and 54 millimeter scale stuff, like the bigger things. Uh, and obviously in our last episode with Emma, we talked about some of the busts that she'd been working on. I want to give a shout out to, uh, Figane, or I think it's Figane. That's how I'm pronouncing it. Or it might be Figon. Uh, it's F-I-G-O-N-E dot F-R. Uh, there, it's a wonderful collection of, um, beautiful things that you can paint that you wouldn't, if you're just a Games Workshop painter and you're thinking like, I'd like to paint a, a bus, but I don't know how to get hold of one. Go somewhere like this. You, you can see all of it. And even if you don't buy it off there, you can research it. But I would suggest buying off there because, you know, none of them are cheap. You're not going to find any of these things cheap anywhere. It's not the sort of market where you can find cheap things. But what you will get is quality. You'll get good customer service. Uh, I think it's Jeremy who runs Figane, who seems to be a really lovely guy from what I can tell on Facebook. So yeah, uh, that's a great place to go and find that. But enough about my hobby. Yeah, um, we need to move on to our guest because you know I've been I've been ranting and raving a lot in these intros this season, and uh, 
well, you just have to sort of suck it up and deal with it. Sorry about that. But um, well, I'm not that sorry. You know, you, you come here for a reason. But today I have a wonderful guest. We're talking to someone who is very serious about his painting, but friendly with it as well. And I like that. It's a good combination. You, I, I, I had a wonderful conversation with Mamacon and uh, learned a lot about the the thought process he goes through and also just the painting processes he goes through uh, to create things that have bagged him several Golden Demon trophies and other trophies over the years. And uh, I hope you're going to enjoy it too. I'm sure you will. You're good people. You will. He's a good person. You will. Uh, to find Mamacon, uh, you just need to look for at Mamacon Paints. Uh, I'll spell it out for you. It's M-A-M-I-K-O-N and then paints, uh, and you can find him either on Twitter or Instagram, and I really, really recommend you do, because uh, A, you'll get to see some of the stuff that we're talking about today in the podcast, but also he's a wonderful guy, he's a great, great hobbyist, uh, who's on a mission to get better and just, you know, advance hobby painting, and, and I really recommend that, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Like I said, it's it's fun, but it's serious. He's got a he's got a real serious sort of uh, way of approaching things, but he's fun and likable and nice at the same time. So do give him a like, do give him a follow if you haven't already done so. We're coming up to ten minutes of an intro, which is is too much. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Mamicon Paints. Hello, Mamicon. How are you? Pretty good, John. Uh, what about you? Yeah, good. Hot, warm, but, um, you know, so is the rest of the country at the moment, but we can live with that. Um, but we're not here to talk about the weather. Uh, we're not here to talk about how I'm a, a hot, sweaty mess right now. We are here to talk to you about your life in miniatures and the miniatures that have shaped uh, your hobby and and everything else. So I suppose my first question should be, um, when... When and how do you discover miniature painting? Uh, when was the first time you saw a miniature to, that you want to paint? Well, uh, as I think is the case for a vast majority of our community, I, I started painting when I was a little kid. Yep. Um, I actually saw my first miniatures before I thought it's cool and I want to uh, start painting because my older brother was into painting miniatures and first i thought it was quite lame i was like five years old probably yeah. so i thought lego it was a lot better but then i saw the the first lord of the rings movies and i think my ma- my mom has passed me some uh miniatures that my brother got me the same day uh we watched the, the movie uh that were moria goblins from i think it was around the, the entire globe. You were able to buy like a journal with some miniatures and paints and everything for yeah. uh, just a couple of dollars. So that was, that was me hooked with, with it. And uh, so, yeah, I started because of my brother, but Lord of the Rings also played a massive part in this. I mean, yeah, you can totally see why Games Workshop made the effort to have a relationship with the Lord of the Rings films because so many people that I talk to here will say, oh, yeah, well, obviously the Lord of the Rings films got me in as well, you know, because very popular films. And if you can paint your own tiny Aragon or whoever your favourite might be, uh, there is that. Um, 
So we're going to talk to you about the uh, one of your first finished miniatures, uh, I suppose, uh, not one of the Lord of the Rings ones. Um, tell me about your Space Wolf. Is it a Space Wolf captain? It is uh, a Space Wolf Lord or whatever you want to call him, uh, a leader. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think that was the first miniature I've ever uh, painted. And uh, I also did it an exercise of conversion <laughs> at the time. I was, again, uh, a small child. But as, again, uh, my older brother was very into sculpting, uh, on a side note, he was even accepted to work in Games Workshop back in the day, but he didn't go to, to, to work, but he was that good, basically. Oh, wow, cool. And um, I thought, I'm going to try something uh, like this as well. So I, I stole some of his green stuff and <laughs> I tried to, to do something interesting with it. But um, yeah, I think that was the first miniature I've ever finished. Uh, and I was really passionate about it because... I, I love Space Wolf, and I loved them since uh, since I started. So uh, I think that's a that's a good place to start, and and probably my last miniature ever also will be a Space Wolf. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. So, but I mean, what was it about the Sons of Rust that really grabbed your attention? Well, I really love their kind of mythology, their lore. Um, you know, normal kids when they're small, they hear stories about, I don't know, uh, knights and castles and, and stuff like this, fairies. Uh, and I heard stories about uh, the sons of Fenris uh, living <laughs> in the mountains and, and everything like this. And uh, as my background is uh, Armenian uh, and, and we are the people of mountains and everything like this, I also thought there's a connection. I know there, that probably space wolves are more like Vikings, but um, it's very funny that some of the stories, for example, from the, the story of Ragnar, uh, Black Mane, is very similar to an old story about uh, some great Armenian hero. So I thought, yeah, that's, that's yeah, interesting. All right. Cool. I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah. All right. I'll, I will look into that. That sounds uh, very interesting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, how was that? Uh, how were those early experiences of painting? Did you have the same frustrations we all have? Uh, I mean, when you're, I, I think when you're a little kid and you're painting, uh, you don't really think that much about being the best painter and everything like this. But so the first miniatures, I really didn't care if, if they're actually really good or I just like them. So I, I just really love them. But it was pretty quick uh, after that when I uh, went to my first competition, then I discovered Golden Demon. Um, I somehow managed to convince my family to, to go to one of the Golden Demons back in 2008. So uh, um, I, was, I was happy with my painting, uh, but I had a pretty, let's say, rough community around me that was bashing on my painting. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try to prove you all wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah. But uh, I mean, I talked about this with many uh, top painters, and we all agreed that spite is also a very good reason to improve and <laughs> gives a lot of mo motivation. But uh, yeah. Oh, oh you're, you're so right. I am uh, my best friend 
um, <clears throat> a few years ago, uh, he managed to pick up a silver at Golden Demon. And um, nice. he and I had started this hobby when we were both about nine years old. And I was insanely jealous of him getting that. And just that jealousy alone, or that envy of his skill with the paintbrush and, and things, that is what eggs me on all the time. It's like, well, if Henry's got one, I need one. You know, <laughs> like that's that's what, yeah, jealousy, spite, everything. It's uh uh it can be a hell of a motivator i think yeah, i mean i wouldn't call it the health, healthiest uh relationship with your hobby because i think the hobby should be something you really love just oh, for course. the sake of it yeah but i probably wouldn't change the the, the path that my path in, in miniature painting because i think because of all of this and because of all of the critique i got when i was i don't know 11 Uh, from older guys at my hobby shop, I think that really gave me a push to, to be where I am today. So and I think that was worth it. Yeah, I think you're right. It's that thing, as long as it's fun. And I think fun has many different sort of uh, guises, really. And like you see people who would list like running a marathon as fun. And you're like, why? And you see them doing it and they're <laughs> just in pain they've got blisters everything's aching they've gone through the wall they're dehydrated they're desperate to stop yeah. and they're like oh no it's the most fun experience ever i did it again and you're like what but it's the same when you you know you can have a lot of fun painting miniatures and really pushing yourself to try and be better and then you know it, and be frustrated with that but it's still a fun process it's it's can be very enjoyable it's the journey right and it's uh yeah It is, uh, but on, on that topic, um, I would only say that I don't actually enjoy painting, which is, I think, okay. a very interesting thing. And I don't know if I'm the only person uh, that is also competition painting and just doesn't enjoy painting. But I, the, the moment that is priceless for me is when I have a finished detail or a model um, in, in the perfect wall. So that pays off for everything. It's like, I don't know, taking a loan to own something. You don't enjoy paying for it across the, some period of time, but you have this, this amazing thing and you're happy with it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it, it might be a rare thing to not really, really enjoy painting, but I don't enjoy painting when I have to spend like 200 hours on, on a project or like, I've done one project which took, uh, I don't remember exactly, but around uh, 1,500 hours. And that was, uh, oh my God. by the end of it, it was like just pain, <laughs> constant pain. Yeah. And when it was finished, I was ecstatic, yeah. So. Yeah, it's is that moment of being able to put it down, sit back and go, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with that. Or just, or even sometimes just, it's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, that's really good to know. Um, yes, the uh, a competition painter who hates painting. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Um, right. So we're going to move on to your next miniature now. We'll we'll say goodbye to the space walls very briefly. <laughs> um, you've you've gone for um, the next miniature we're talking about. Another uh, quite angry group of space marines, shall we call them? Um, Tell me about your Black Templar. So um, last year when the new Black Templars were announced, I really wanted to paint one. And uh, as I'm not part of the <laughs> part of the lucky group that get the miniatures before, uh, that's just a side 
uh, kick towards GW. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to paint a miniature, and I think it was still like two months before anyone got any miniatures. So I thought I'll just kit back something. So I built this miniature, uh, painted it. I think in like ten days, and uh, really enjoyed it because I, I tried a, a very different approach. For example, to non-metallic on the sword of this miniature, I wanted to create a glare effect on on uh, a few spots on the sword, and I think it was really quite popular in, on uh, with, with my social media uh, followers. So I thought it kind of looks good, and it really changed my approach towards non-metallic, uh, which is always nice to have something that. Uh, shapes your style or gives you a more unique uh, approach to, to painting. So that was that was something I, I've done on this miniature, and I'm really happy with it. Yeah, so you should be. I mean, when you you sent me a photo of it, and you know, obviously, I would encourage your listeners to go and um, find uh, a picture of this Black Templar on Mamacon's social media, but. Yeah, one of the first things that jumped out was that sword. And it just, I mean, that gleam that it's got to it, it's quite magical, really. I mean, um, yeah, how how do you even, I mean, because I'm, I'm not good at non-metallic metal, I will say. I'm, I, um, I try, I can do sort of 1980s non-metallic metal. That's where um, my skills lie. Um, but uh, yeah, how how do you even go about sort of, not doing non-metallic metal, but, you know, taking a technique that you know and modifying it like that to get a result like that. Well, first of all, I want to say I, I don't think there's anything wrong with non-metallic from the 90s. I think it's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, plus, I think any technique, no matter how modern or old it is, if it's uh, done right, it looks amazing and great and everything. Um, to To answer your question, I think... Sometimes when you've, you've been painting for 20 years or, I don't know, 18 or 19 years uh, as I've been painting at this moment, you get bored with doing the same thing all the time. Mm -hmm. And you want to have a look at something more sophisticated or just more interesting. And uh, I, I think I've done probably hundreds of non-metallic swords and, or weapons and, and stuff like this and never have ever tried to, to create something like this. And uh, I think it's more realistic, of course. Uh, you know, there, there could be more done about this. It, it could look even better and stuff like this. But um, I just looked at work of some other artists I look up to at some real-life swords and stuff like this. And I thought, well, I want to experiment here. And uh, hopefully, if I can copy something uh, I've seen, uh, you know, I'll learn this skill and i also like to add here that copying someone's work for me is the best way to learn their, their skills because even if you're not doing it the same way as they do it you will still learn uh, maybe a different path but still to the same outcome which is uh very good so this is the way i've been uh learning i I've almost never look at tutorials and stuff like this. I always try to figure out on my own. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think copying is definitely something, uh, a, a good technique to, to improve. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I mean, um, imitation is the, um, is a great way to learn. Certainly. I mean, it's, you look back at 
artists through history. I mean, half of the paintings that we attribute to Rembrandt were probably done by people in Rembrandt's studio trying to copy Rembrandt <laughs> to be as good as he was. I mean, because that's how you do it. That's how you get better. Um, and I noticed there you said that, you know, having painted things for so long, you get a bit bored. So we've now got, uh, we can now add boredom to being a motivator as well. So, you know, we've got spite, jealousy and boredom all in this in this early part of this podcast as good motivators. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's, um, it's. Uh, I want to be honest about those things. That's why I'm saying all those things. And I also think that uh, it's great if, if painters want to paint uh, because we, they really love the arts and they really love sitting in their room for uh, hundreds of hours. And, and, you know, that's therapeutical. You can meditate through, through painting and, and everything like this. And I also sometimes do it, mm -hmm. uh, especially when I'm painting for my army, for example, where I don't have to stress about every single tiny detail there is on the miniature. Yeah. But um, I think it's a, a little bit different to where you get probably uh most commonly i think most people really like painting and uh paint for the sakes of painting but yeah i'm, I'm a bit different <laughs> yep no that's fine we like a bit different around here um okay well uh well you mentioned that because i always think of you as uh, um someone who paints for display I, I guess and you called yourself competition painter but you mentioned there your army. You do you game as much as you like these days, or, or are you not a gamer? Or um, uh, well, it's as you say, time is very limited. Um, I haven't played in eight plus years. I, I have started an army in early 2021. I, I have like 20 miniatures painted, maybe. So I, I, I want to improve on that. Maybe next year I'll, I'll go for the uh army sun parade because I, as i mentioned i'm a competition painter so i really enjoy the competition part so maybe this will moderate me to paint more tabletop level uh miniatures yeah, uh, yeah. but i'd really like to play uh i, I always really sucked at painting uh, at <laughs> at gaming uh at painting as well for a long time <laughs> but, well we all do um, at the gaming, I always rolled once when it mattered. So I thought yeah. I'd better stick to painting. That's uh, a good, well, yeah. So I should have learned that because I'm very good at rolling ones as well. Um, except when you really <laughs> need to roll a one and then I am great at rolling sixes. Um, <laughs> but yes, well, let's go. I hope you do carry on with your army because if you could see uh, what you come up with, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, is it a space wolf army? It is. Oh, good. <laughs> of course. Good. Nice. Well, I thought if, if I'm going to spend, uh, you know, some time on something is better be the, the, the army I love the most. Yeah. Still. So yeah, space will fall away. Good, good. I'm glad to glad to hear of your loyalty to to Fenris. Um, speaking of um, Fenris and the Sons of Ross, we've got, we're going to do another space wolf now. Uh, is this a space wolf scout? It is. It is uh, hopefully a little improvement on my first uh, miniature. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, having seen photos of the two, I can definitely say there there is a modicum of improvement. There is some difference. Yeah, yeah definitely. There's a little bit. Yeah. Um, that that is good. Thank you. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, um, so I think Space Wolf Scouts were always when they were back in, in metal. Uh, they were always very. Uh, interesting miniatures. I really love them, uh, but I've actually never painted any. 
So I thought when these new neophytes from Black Templar range came out, I thought this is perfect to create a scout. Cool. Then I, I had to think about, you know, which chapter I should go for, Space Wolves Arrays, and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do a lone scout, scout on like a frozen um, lake kind of thingy where he's probably trying to, uh, you know, do his scout bits and, and see if someone is around or something like this. So I just converted a, a neophyte uh, uh, from from the new Black Templar range and painted it to uh, moderately good standard. Uh, I think just to have him on my tabletop because I really love uh, the, the idea of having a miniature like this. Yeah. And after I finished him, uh, someone has sent me a picture of a piece of artwork from an uh, old Space Wolf codex with a exact same scouts and i thought i i don't remember this art, artwork but but i think maybe somewhere in, in the back of my brain i, I had mm -hmm. it and i converted it exactly to look all 95 exactly the same as this old artwork which was a great surprise actually yeah cool yes there's some sort of subliminal message from many years ago probably yeah well it's I thought I recognized it because I was looking at it and I thought, well, it's a, it's a Space Wolf Scout, I think, because it's not a Scout, but I was trying to place what it was. But yeah, is it, well, yes, why not take those neophytes and um, turn them into something wolfy? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, before we go on to your, your next choice, um, I've got to ask you now, um, regardless of whether or not they're Space Wolves, uh, I do have on my list um, several space marines. Um, what is it about space marines that you enjoy so much? Because you obviously do, because you've painted quite a lot very well. And yeah, well, I think it's quite a similar thing as with my army. Um, I, I only have one life. I only have this many hours because I do. Uh, I, I do have a day job, so I only mm -hmm. can paint for a couple of hours a day max. So as I really love Space Marines, and I think most of us do, uh, I, I, or lie to ourselves that we don't, but we actually <laughs> do like them, uh, yeah, yeah. either if they're good or bad, so they can be Chaos Space Marines, which I also love. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really like them, and I think I wanted to do a good range, a good, uh, yeah, a good range of, of different chapters as well. Um, and this is, I think, a path that was also similar to to uh, the other artists I really like. Some guys from the heavy metal, Darren Layden, for example, has done so many different Space Marines uh, to an incredible standard. So I thought I'll, I'll basically do something similar to this. And I also really love them, as I said. So uh, it's, it's just good to have them on my shelf and looking all and everything like this yes yes have you been following um darren latham's uh, legion of the damned marine oh yes oh yeah. yes pretty hot pretty yes hot. very very hot in multiple sense of the word yes it's, um well good i mean yeah so you go back the space wolf scout was this done for a competition specifically or it wasn't because uh, at that time i think we were two and a half years uh, without any competition, any Golden Demon, I mean. Mm. Um, so I already had 
like three or four entries ready for uh, Warhammer 40k singles. So this was just done for fun. Maybe if I run out of my entries in a couple of years, I'll use this one, but I, I probably won't because I, I will be on a hopefully different level uh, by that time. So it was just something done for fun. Yeah, nice. And you speak there about moving up to different levels. I mean, obviously, we won't count your very first Space Wolf, um, but are you good at sort of tracking yourself as you move up through those levels of painting? Can you sort of see those improvements and progress with every miniature, or or is it not every miniature? It is not definitely not every miniature. I think I really like to go back every somewhere in December and have a look at what I've done this year and kind of evaluate myself on uh, if this is better than, than last year. And uh, I, I know this is not modest of me to say, but to be honest, I don't really care because I spent thousands of hours in painting and this is only me rating myself. So I would say I'm very happy to say that I improve every year. Um, I know painters that improve very, very quickly, and they're just incredible painters by now. And they've only started that out three, four years ago. Um, plus, they improve with every, every single miniature. And I just like to have more freedom where if I've learned something, I, I do it five times to make sure that I'm a master of this technique, basically, that I've mastered this technique as well. And uh, only then do I try to do something new because i also think when you learn too quickly you can forget about something you've 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 uh, learned yep so it is good to put more work i think in, into every single step yeah learn slow and just get it all locked in before you move on to the next the next thing well uh, learning slow isn't uh the way i want to look at it but uh probably this is true yeah 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 only in the sense that unless you say it's good to take time with these things um yeah do you i mean i don't know whether we want to go into specific techniques or anything like that but what has sort of given you i mean have you had any techniques or or styles or that have sort of come to you really naturally and quickly and have you had any that you still find troublesome to this day uh, anything that challenges you still? Well, of course, there's a lot that still challenges me. Um, and I think that's the case for any painter. Um, yeah. And everyone will tell you that there's always something new you can learn. Yep. Um, I would say most of the techniques I've learned came to me naturally when I was just trying to first copy something from White Worth, then copy something from Kumin or not, then something from Instagram and gradually progressing um techniques that are a bit harder for me to master to the level where i'm extremely happy with them i would say is stippling because uh i think you have to have a correct mindset as well as the correct technique with yeah. it because there's no shortcuts and, and if you want to do it perfectly you need to put the time into it mm -hmm. uh but yeah, I mean, I enjoy all of the techniques I'm using, and uh, that's mostly all of the techniques that are out there. Yeah, cool. All right, good to know. That's, uh, yeah. Okay, let's let's jump on to another one of your miniatures here. Um, we're going to talk about a salamander. 
uh, a salamander with some very impressive lighting effects, if I say so. Uh, what's what's special to you about this miniature? Well, this miniature uh, was something I, I intended to enter into a painting competition, so I was really putting the time into it. Yeah. Um, then uh, summer came, I had to move houses, move countries, and uh, I kind of lost my pace with it i would say and when i came back to it i didn't have the um, motivation and i just finished it very quickly so i think some parts on this miniatures look great uh some parts not so much and i still want to improve it probably maybe one day before a competition i'll, I'll just uh put in like a week into it and, and just try to make it perfect but um with this miniature, again, I, I tried to copy some work by artists I really enjoyed. For example, in this one, it was uh, Garrett Nicholas, and he has done a beautiful salamander back in, I think, 2014, and he won gold and gold or silver and single for EK at Golden Demon. Right. So uh, I wanted to do something, again, new, because I've never painted a, a non-metallic green. I, I wanted to have a lava base, which I also also never done before. Uh, I've done some sculpting on the base as well. And, and I mean, yeah, it was an interesting project. Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, I really like the, um, the way that the green armor is sort of lit by the lava underneath. I think it's, um, quite beautiful really. Uh, I hope you do. I mean, I thought it was, it was, a finished piece, but you would happily go back to it and, and modify it even more. Well, I usually don't like going back to pieces I've kind of thought in my brain that they're finished. But yeah. with this piece, I've as I've invested a good 60 hours probably into the, the first 80% of the miniature, and then, I don't know, five hours into the last 20% uh, percent of the miniature, I would say it's worth going back and uh, polishing everything, making sure that the lighting is correct, adding more um, OSL in some places and stuff like this, because it has potential to be one of my best pieces. And I'm just honestly pretty disappointed with myself that I didn't put the, the, the time when I was, when it w wasn't finished, basically. Yeah, I can understand that. But yeah, no, it, it is fantastic. And I, I do look Thank forward you. to seeing what, what you do more with it. Um, Thank you. And I suppose I've got to ask this as well. I mean, I know there are some people out there who, when it comes to specifically Golden Demon, but potentially other um, painting competitions as well, they really sort of focus in on one category. Do you find yourself doing that as well? Because, I mean, a lot of the things we, we've talked about, I think, uh, or are going to talk about as well, um, are sort of single miniatures or single 40K, really, um, which it would be quite a, a hard, punishing category just to sort of focus on uh, out of all of them. I mean, none of them are easy, but that one's particularly um, rough. But, uh, yeah, do you find yourself focusing on sort of single 40K entries more than others? Oh, I paint uh, single 40Ks, 40K models to improve. This is my uh, way of learning. So I'm trying to uh, create my best piece on a small 40K model because I think 40K single is the hardest category out there. I know yeah. that there has been many Slayer Swords from uh, AOS single, AOS large model and stuff like this. 
uh, in categories like this. But I think it's much easier to go from winning in 40k than to, to to AOS than the other way around because AOS miniatures usually have very um, they, they have a lot of freedom in them. So they're not those robots that are perfectly shaped and have everything extremely smooth where, where there's no place to hide. And on, I think Age of Sigmar models, you have more space, more, more freedom, uh, more creative freedom. So uh, mm. I think this is the benchmark category for me where, where I try to improve and make sure that I'm uh, getting better because if I can get... Uh, for example, a gold and uh, 40k single that I'm pretty sure I can win a any category, and I, I still have. I'm not in that place uh, yet, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm just using that <laughs> that category as a way to improve. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Absolutely. I mean, I can uh, I, I can say to the viewers at home, I can see a, a lovely uh, collection of um, golden demons above your head, behind you there uh, in your studio. So, um, yeah, well, I hope one of them is one day a forty k gold. But yes, it is a it's a, it, I know it's a tough one uh, to even try for. So yeah, well done. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I think even great fans of space marines like ourselves have probably done enough on space marines in this conversation just for the moment so let's move on to something different again um tell me all about uh Drazir. uh i think i i'm hate to be that person i think it's Drazar, but i'm i'm not sure it is no it probably is i'm i've i i'm terrible <laughs> at names so no, was, no, that's fine uh I, i'm always very worried about pronunciation because i don't have a very easy name and especially my surname so i think i'm always cautious about pronouncing everything correctly but uh yeah, well, yeah, so, I, yes i i just yes i, well, I, I mean, there's so many different names I, I don't blame you for you know no well I, I go back to when i was a kid and i used to call uh tyranids were trianids um because i couldn't pronounce tyranids and uh my favorite one was the uh Imperator Titan was armed with a plasma inhaler mm. uh, rather than an annihilator. Because, yes, my, my poor little brain at the time. That's great. I think plasma inhaler is pretty, yeah, pretty yeah. lethal. Yeah, it's one way to cure asthma. Just, you know, blow the head <laughs> off the person, suck it on the end of it. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving quickly on. Drizar, tell me all about Drizar. Um, so this was... The same kind of deal. Uh, I wanted to have a miniature that would be perfect for 40k single, for Golden Demon. I wanted to have a miniature that would be my best piece uh, till date on that on the time I was working on it. Plus, as I said, I really like the work of Darren Latham, and he has been a sculptor for GW for the last couple of, well, I don't know, 12 probably years or, or so. And he has sculpted this miniature. And uh, uh, he also happens to follow me on social media. So with great followers comes great responsibility. You have to, <laughs> you have to produce uh, good results. I mean, this is just mostly jokes, but I mean, I wanted to, to have my best miniature till date with that project. So I put uh, 200 hours into it. I wanted to make everything perfect. If something wasn't perfect, I repainted uh, apart completely and um, 
I wanted to push my skills with it. Basically, it's it's very simple. I, I just wanted to create beautiful non-metallic, create a subtle uh, blood effect on the uh, blade of, of Drizar. Uh, in the end, I also spent like 10 hours probably on the decapitated Banshee on the base. I know it's cheesy, uh, but I think it, it makes sense. And if it makes sense, it's, it's good, good enough for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was basically a combination of trying to be a better painter, trying to have a great piece, uh, trying to have something for Golden Demon that would be worthy of of uh, a statue and also making sure that the sculpture also appreciates my work. Yeah, nice. That's, that's very good reason to do it. And and has there been some appreciation for your work from that? There was, there was. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, he said he, said he liked it. Uh, so, I mean, that makes me happy. There you go. Well done. Um, yeah, well, what particularly, I mean, other than it being uh, one of Darren's pieces, what did you particularly like about the model? What did it offer you uh, as a challenge or a treat? Or what, what was the bits about it that you enjoyed? I think it's quite easy to track uh, on my pieces that I really like, like uh, models with stoic, uh, menacing kind of, energy basically so a, a single miniature standing there after some uh killing has been done <laughs> as with Drazar or after before a battle or something like this yeah so i really like miniatures with beautiful stoic poses um and uh also i saw that this miniature has great potential for non-metallic for lots of different uh interesting effects it has some very well-defined surfaces where you can enjoy even edge highlighting, for example, on the legs. And I also thought that was a challenge a little bit because it was, you know, I enjoyed painting it, but uh, it was a challenge to make sure that everything on on it is as good as I can make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was basically the main thing for me here. Cool. Well, no, that's it. Does offer a lot of opportunities, and it did come in a very cool box with um, uh, lots of good Eldar and bad Eldar. Well, I suppose they're all bad Eldar, really, aren't they? But um, they're, they're everyone's bad. It's fine. Um, yeah, and I mean, okay. So you mentioned there you wanted this to be your best efforts. This is your where the best you can be at the moment uh, until you progress further, but. When you, um, I painted something, um, and obviously not not to this standard, but uh, I painted something a couple of years ago and I finished painting it and I thought, well, that's the best I'm ever going to do. And it's it was really tough to try and push myself on from there. How do you, I mean, when you go back to your next miniature or when you pick up your next miniature and you're like, right, this is going to be the best that I can do. I mean, how does that affect you? Sort of, is Drazil standing over you, watching you as you paint, and being like, eh, "It's not as good as me, though." Is it? I mean, yeah. How do you measure yourself in terms of the best you can do? I think is exactly as you said. Uh, whenever I'm painting something for a competition, and then I remember that I can do better because I have a miniature like this. 
uh, I always try to do better, which is kind of a benchmark for me now. And I've painted Josar 18 months ago, probably. So it was a long time ago and I've improved since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you said, and as I mentioned, it is a great uh, thing to have something like this because you don't want to go back. You've done so much to to progress. You don't want to go back in time, basically, and then lose all of the the effort you've put in. Yeah. So nowadays, I, I look at this as a benchmark. I try to improve on this, and I think you you can always you can always improve, no matter how many Slayer Swords or Best of Shows or anything like this you've won. You can always be better. Yeah. Or you can learn a new technique, which is also very interesting. When when you you're maxed out on everything and you're cutting edge, uh, a cutting edge painter, you can still or invent a new technique. So yeah, uh, I, I'm not there for sure. I'm not. Uh, I, I don't consider myself as one of the uh, I don't know top ten painters in the world. But uh, one day I want to be there. So yeah, fair enough. That's a good goal to have. Um, and yes, Trezar is certainly a uh, an example of um, how well you're getting on on that particular goal. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, one of your latest miniatures. And uh, I always like giving other games companies and model designers a bit of equal time on this show. So I'm glad that we've got one thing that is not uh, Games Workshop <laughs> on here. Um, Tell me all about your barbarian bust. So um, this piece is, is quite special for me, I would say. Um, it was it's a sculpt by my friend uh, Timur uh, Gorski. Um, he's, I think, quite well known as a sculptor. He's not uh, probably the, the household name that everyone knows straight away, but he will be in the future probably. Nice. He's an incredible sculptor. Uh, and with amazing sculpting skills, he also probably took like two or three days to complete the sculpt. So for me, that's mind blowing how quickly he does it. And probably if the pretty would uh, be drying quicker, he would probably do it in a day. Yeah. yeah. So um, I ordered the sculpt to, to look exactly like um, the Darko uh, chieftain from the Silver Tower. Uh, from, from the artwork from the Silver Tower box. Yeah. Um, and he did, I think, one-to-one, just exact copy of it, which I'm very happy about. Mm-hmm. And it's been sitting in, in my um, chest for, as in, in, around my table for also almost two years. Right. Um, I picked it up in May, put like a day into it, uh, got distracted by different things, my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then before the World Model Expo, I thought I want to have something new. So the day before I flew into uh, Netherlands, I, I thought I'm going to paint this. <laughs> but I only had the chest finished, so I had to paint everything else in a single day. Wow! And I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it looks. I can still improve it, and I will in the future. Um, I'll just put it more time into it. But this is quite a special piece because I've painted it in a very, very dark, dark time in my life, the darkest time uh, of my life. And it actually helped me to not think about this awful thing that happened. So mm-hmm. uh, I really love this piece. And I, uh, I mean, uh, 
I never want to part with any of my pieces, but with this one especially. Yeah, this is yours. That's yeah. yeah. Nice. I like well, I'm glad it helps out, absolutely. Um obviously we've we've talked a lot about heroic scale and this is something at a, a much larger scale. Do you have which one do you prefer or do you like doing all of them as much as each other or there's um I think pros and cons to every size, I would say. It sounds uh funny, <laughs> but, but I mean there's there's uh, a lot of great things about painting bigger miniatures because you don't have to be that technically perfect to make it look great. You can do something more rough and it won't be visible because it's not on a two centimeter surface, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it gives me some freedom, uh, some more freedom than, than tiny miniatures. But I, I think I enjoy both on the same level. I would say... 50-50 on pros and cons. Uh, but I think after after I'm uh, satisfied with the amount of golden demons I won and, and stuff like this, I'll try to go for different things because, again, same as with techniques, when you've mastered something or you are quiet for sure, then you can go to any golden demon and win something. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more interesting to do something bigger. It's, it doesn't have to mean that it's better or harder to win with a bigger piece or bust but it means it's something different which i still haven't mastered to to the level where i'm extremely happy with myself yeah fair enough well, that's good so this is a whole new fresh set of challenges it is it is um and on uh vma uh, i i bought a, a ton of busts and i've already painted a couple uh, but i wanted to showcase this one as uh, one of my latest ones because again it's quite it's also quite influential i think for me because um i've only done one i think one bus before and uh it was a long time ago and i really like it as well but it was a completely different approach and story on on it so it was a good to paint something bigger again nice okay well good i'm glad and well i look forward to seeing more busts from you at some point in the future, because yes, I thought it looked absolutely stunning. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, um, Mamacon, this has been great. I've got two questions that I ask all of my guests uh, on this podcast. And we're going to start off with what's your favorite paint? Uh, type, brands, color. A specific paint. Give me a specific paint that you really enjoy. A specific paint, I would say Ushapti Bone. Okay, yeah, because it's beautiful, warm. If I can give you a bit more detail, that's fine. Yes, absolutely. So Ushapti Bone is a wonderful color that allows you to not only to have a beautiful color just when you use it uh, straight from the pots, or well, I mean, without any different uh, color with it. Yeah, but it also allows you to highlight with extremely big uh variation of color into it so it has this this beautiful warm tone to it so we can use it to highlight skin both mm-hmm. pale and dark skin it allows you to highlight armor with almost i would think you can use it for any color to to mix it with um bone so i think it's actually one of the 
nicest set of little collars and, and probably my favorite to use. And I use it on a daily basis on my almost any miniature I paint. Oh, good. Uh, that's a, a solid argument for a Shabti bone. Um, fantastic. Yes. Uh, all right. Next question. Final question. If you could paint anything next, and I do realize that I'm talking to someone who's already said he doesn't really like painting, but um, <laughs> if you could paint any miniature next, anything at all, it could be something from your collection, something uh, off the shelf of a store, or something that doesn't even exist yet, something that you've only imagined, what would be the next thing you'd really like to paint? It's a very, very good and interesting question. <laughs> good, glad. Um, if I could, I'd like to split it to two answers. We can do that, yep. Okay, so first, um, out of the miniatures I've actually seen is uh, probably Angron, the, the new model. Yeah. Also sculpted by, I think, by Darren Latham, from what I understand, and I've seen some rumors about it. So um, I think it's an incredible sculpt. And it's also quite similar to a sculpt that my older brother did like 12 years ago, probably. So uh, I really want to paint it and probably maybe even gift it to my brother as a uh, way to bring him, bring him back because I think he will say, I'll do a better sculpt. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so so uh, I really want to paint that miniature and as soon as it's out, I'll, I'll paint it. And if I say out of any miniatures that even don't exist, um, it's a secret a little bit, but I'm working on a uh, line of busts uh, that will have amazing, just amazing characters, incredible sculptors working on these. And uh, I'm hoping to to launch this in the next couple of months. So if anyone would be interested, you can uh, you know, uh, follow or and, and check out my, my social media in a couple of months. But it will be just an incredible range of miniatures, busts, um, and it will be just a classic, uh, classic uh beautiful characters from I think everyone can remember or relate to. So uh, one of those miniatures, I'll, I'll keep it a secret, a secret what exactly it is, but it'll be, I think it'll be beautiful. Well, that's, that's very exciting news. Uh, always good for my life and miniatures to get a scoop story. Um, but no, that's, that's fantastic. And yes, we will of course encourage everyone to follow you uh, on all of your social medias. And I look forward to seeing those because I'm starting to enjoy different scales. So uh who knows? Your your bust may be my first proper bust. Um, well, I really hope so, um, because this is uh, actually a very good point for me uh, that you've raised here. Uh, because I think I'm also always I, I've always been a GW fanboy. I really like all of those miniatures, and this is a kind of a good cr crossover for people that enjoy busts only and enjoy GW miniatures only. It's something like a good mix, healthy mix for everyone to enjoy, uh, even if you've never worked on this scale. So really want to make something for everyone, basically. Wonderful. Well, well, quite a lovely sentiment for us to end on. Um, Mamakin, thank you so much for, for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and pick your brains about your life in miniatures. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for, for stopping by. Thank you very much, John. It's been a pleasure. Wonderful. Catch you later. Well, there you have it, friends. That was a wonderful conversation with a wonderful hobbyist, Mamacon. And again, 
I'm going to give a shout out to his Instagram and Twitter channels. If you want to go and follow him, if you want to go and see what we've been talking about today, uh, head over to at Mamicon Paints. That's M-A-M-I-K-O-N Paints uh, on both of those channels. And um, yeah, you can see why he's he's such a gifted hobbyist and why he's won Golden Demons and Crystal Brush. Well, I don't know if he's won Crystal Brush, actually. I just put that down. I wrote that in my notes that he's won those. But if he hasn't, he should have. And if he has, I'm right. Uh, that's what I'm sticking with. Anyway, there you go. That's episode nine, all wrapped up and in the can, and you've listened to it, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. So we've got one episode left of the season, uh, our grand finale, which is happening uh, next week. Uh, it's recorded, I can tell you that. I've already recorded it, and it's going to be a nice big bumper edition for you to listen to, uh, a little bit longer than some of our standard episodes. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. I really enjoyed recording it. That was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. And if you've stumbled across this podcast, if you've if you found this because someone gave me a shout out on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever, if you never want to miss an episode, including next week's grand finale, you can either go to heresyandheroes.com and uh, bookmark the Mlim podcast page or... You can bookmark this podcast on things like Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Podcasts. There's a whole bunch of other ones that I don't even know what they are, but they they show up in the analytics for this podcast. And it's really nice to see that you guys are listening to this and enjoying it. That makes me very happy. Um, And I'll tell you what else makes me very happy. I've got some hobby to do, and I think I'm going to go and jump on that pretty much right now. I hope you've had fun. I hope you've been able to get some hobby done while listening to this, or maybe listen to it on your commute. Maybe you listen to it during a, a boring period at work. I don't know what you do. You're your own person. How dare I infuse something? That's not a word. There well, is a word, but it's not the right one. Anyway, uh, it's. I should also explain, this is Saturday night. I've had a couple of beers. I'm quite ready to get go out and have another couple of beers. But... I shall reiterate one more time. It was wonderful to have Mamacon on the show. I hope you're looking forward to next week's episode. I certainly am. I've got to go and edit it. I'm going to edit it tomorrow morning when I'm a little bit hungover. Um, which is, it's a great hangover cure. A, a bottle of iron brew, a sort of sweet pastry, and editing a podcast. I genuinely can confirm there is no greater hangover cure uh, than any and all of those so I'll be doing that, but I hope you've had fun. If you have been hobbying, I hope you've managed to get some stuff glued together. I hope you've managed to get some paints on your minis. I hope you've managed to have fun, because we're here to have fun. That's what life is. We're here to have fun, enjoy ourselves, be good to each other, be nice to each other, and learn and get better. Plato, I believe it was, once said, I'm, I'm really... No, this is a sign that I've probably had too many drinks, or that I need more. So I'm going to go and address that right now. In the meantime, thank you very, very much for listening to My Life in Miniatures Season 2, Episode 9. Join us next week for Episode 10, the grand finale of Season 2. And I will speak to you again very, very soon. Have a lovely time. <laughs>